the conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody exclusive. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their club. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat your children. It was just banter. Stay off the weed. And England win on penalties. History in itself. You know, I think it's a great city. I think they got the best organization in the NBA. But they do have some big old wins. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why don't you take your pants off? Balls are fun. I understand. Come on, take it quickly, Reggie! Yeah. Yes, he's back. No money's in the fucking reserves. Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we get the motorway. Hello and welcome to episode 165 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, today joined by Tom Kennett, Alex Jones and Jack Harper via the magic of Skype. We're all in self-isolation. Alex doesn't have to risk getting infected by us. We know what his uh, immune system's like. We don't have to rely on Jack getting here because he can do it at home. Yep, happy days. And TK was still a bit late, which is actually usually the earliest for the podcast these days. I was on time still. We still was uh, linked up at quarter two. Well, AJ said you were late. You were late on Friday. We'll call it that. Fair enough. Fair enough. When me and Sean briefly added the wrong Tom Kennett into the chat. <laughs> I, I was expecting a song for his lateness, but I don't feel like that's happening. He's, it sounds like this he's trying to become a regular back. feature. We might get there. You never know. If the people want it, they can have it. <laughs> the people do uh, want it. I have got some sport on the TV to stay true to form. Wembley Classics and... If Bolton Reddin's a Wembley classic, I must have missed that one. <laughs> Jesus. So, I'll say there there isn't much news in a week because we did a podcast Monday, a podcast Friday, so we haven't had too much. But I've got a bit of a brief, a couple of bits of news, and then we've got some bits to get into after, which I have a theory about TK, which we'll cross then. Oh, Christ. Anyway, news of the week. Police stop UK driver making 224-mile trip to buy a 15-pound eBay item and find his wife in the boot as she wouldn't fit in the car after the purchase. <laughs> See, I, I like this because it's like <clears throat> the UK has got nothing to do with like, the American weird news that you see, like guns and impregnating cousins and stuff. It's actually stuff that we can all imagine ourselves actually doing. <laughs> like, I can imagine shoving Sarah in the boot of the car. In, for, for no other reason, just to shove <laughs> the car. If, if, if she ever goes missing, that's going to be played back. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> There's no eBay item for me. It's literally just shoving her in the boot of the car. <laughs> what? Um, Sicko fantasized about putting his girlfriend in the boot. That'd be the headline. It's like it's like a bad rendition of Stan by Eminem. Did they say what item it was that he bought that he made this trip for? I'm sure they did, Alex, but we don't click the headlines, so... Oh, for 15 quid, I want to know what that bargain was for 200 miles. Oh, yeah, that hasn't yeah. even been anything that big. <laughs> and he just, he just forced her in the boot anyway. Oh, well, the whole passenger seat here, but you're going in the boot. 
it'll be one of them things where for the foreseeable future when he mentions this he'll say i got this for a bargain 15 quid i won't mention that he drove 224 miles to get it they'll just mention the price and everyone cora did you get it for that i find it funny that right now the unrealistic part of this is the fact that he drove all that way it's not the fact that his wife's in the boot i'm just what did she go with him in the first place yeah exactly if anything, it's actually responsible to put her in the boot in current circumstances. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. As population works from home, Walmart reports increased sales for tops, but not trousers. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, what, what, <laughs> take from everyone, that what you will. Well, what's everyone wearing as we record now? I mean, we're not on the video, so you really yeah, couldn't be wearing anything. I've gone for the old trackies and sweatshirt combination. Alex, give us a mental image. Yeah, I'm, in, uh, I'm in a jumper and some uh, PJ bottoms. Nice. TK? I'll be honest, the way you asked what you're wearing slipped off the tongue a little bit too easy there. <laughs> this is what, you played this, this game before. This is what he does when he's on Skype. He just slipped back into old habits. <laughs> I wonder why he had tape over his camera, honestly. <laughs> you first. Um, I'm, in, I'm in my boxers under the duvet with two cats. Fair enough. Yeah. Realism for you. <laughs> and Christ, TK might have something far worse, the way he's been secretive here. Oh, sorry. I'm, you, you actually waiting for me to answer? Uh, yeah, yeah. Some, somewhat disappointing, just a T-shirt and uh, joggers. Nothing <laughs> to I knew Alex was a, was a pajama bottom kind of guy. <laughs> a pajama? Oh, sure. For sure. <laughs> I bet they've got like the Captain America logo on or something. Uh, I think these ones are Batman, to be fair. There we go. <laughs> nice. Hey, it's a standard, it's a standard uh, mother to a son gift on a Christmas or a birthday. That's what I, <laughs> I think you could do with a new pair of pajama bottoms. It's just kept going, you know? Yeah, I think I got some. Like, I, I, I don't know where I've got them from, but in my Christmas present bag, which I'm still yet to unpack, I think I received some Modern Warfare Three medium-sized boxes. And I'm thinking, <laughs> have I picked Have I picked these up from like ten years ago? Like, have they always just been in my house as like a, forget, a forgotten Christmas present? Because that's optimistic thinking at best, fitting into a medium. <laughs> the Modern Warfare box. The yeah. message if someone went back with you on a night out and you got your modern warfare bouncing. Like a size too tight as well. Cut off all the circulation to my legs. We no. did said search and destroy. I thought I was kind of like I was joking. Don't with worry, the we'll get work. it next time. <laughs> I was joke with the bloke at work and then for my birthday last year he got me a pair of Spider Man pants. And then as if it wasn't weird enough, I then <laughs> walked into the office the next time I was in with no one else knowing about this, and he gone, you got your Spider-Man pants on then? <laughs> is, this is like kind of pedo Kennedy realms from the Inbetweeners. Well, let's get you out of those wet clothes then. <laughs> yeah. Are you I'm modeling? Them, you should be. <laughs> next bit of news. Ty King self-isolates in luxury hotel with harem of 20 women amid coronavirus pandemic. <laughs> if he's a Thai king, I imagine he's got the kind of the ability to test those who's who's with. So he's in for a very fun quarantine. I don't know. I think if he catches it, that is going to be the worst possible bunch to be around there. 
<laughs> I mean, going out with a bang, literally. <laughs> 20 is a lot as well. That's a lot to manage yeah, logistically. Yeah. <laughs> That's Imagine a squad. It, yeah, if they He's all got say... A squad going up. If they all say, oh, I just, I just think it's funny how all at the same time, that's how you summon a demigod. What happens if there's a revolt? What if they turn on him? He can't call for a help. He can't call for help. He's quarantined in there with him. That's a good point. Yeah, that could definitely happen. I would essentially um, be like the France within a World Cup. <laughs> you just never. It could kick off at any point, and you're on your own in that camp with them. <laughs> or Alex's, or Alex's DMs in 2013. <laughs> Uh, KFC, KFC suspends iconic finger licking good campaign amid coronavirus fears. Yeah, hard sound that, isn't it? <laughs> Real hard finally, sound, another food related uh, story. Uh, a restaurant in South Carolina has been accused of reselling Costco pizzas at a 700% markup as gourmet Roman style thin crust pizza. Yeah, I mean, people are surprised at this, but. It's like in the Ivy in Cheltenham, really posh place, swanky, really expensive to those who have been. And people have literally seen them go into co op and buy bolognese sauce, Dolmio, off the shelves in the cart next door and then running it back to the kitchen. It's like I've heard actual stories of that happening. You think if you're paying like 20 plus quid for a spag bowl, it's basically Dolmio sauce. It must happen everywhere. That's why Jack's had another that... group to our list of slander on the pod. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one for the Sioux list for it. Allegedly. If you were given two bowls and you were told that one was the Dolmio sauce and one was this ultra expensive one, you probably would say that the expensive one tastes nicer. Well, you don't know without tasting it. Everyone's, everyone's taste is different, Byron. I know. Have you, not seen, have you not seen those Audi adverts? Audi or Lidl, who always have the better tasting wine <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah. Is it funny that in your own advert? You did a <laughs> blind <laughs> test and you won. Yeah. Or the, yeah, or the Pepsi challenge, the, the blind yeah. Pepsi challenge, which is obviously the go up against Coke. Well, when I binge watched all of the Hell's Kitchen, they always have kind of one day where he'll buy like a microwave meal from around the corner or go to like the Chinese around the corner and he'll ask them to have a look and he'll say, I prepared this for you earlier. How does it taste? And they're all like, this is the best I've ever eaten here. So half of that is probably, (laughs) they don't want to tell him that this is horrible. Yeah. The other thing is because they're being told it's made by him. They, they do genuinely look like they are really enjoying it. The placebo effect. 100%. All right, so that is the news of the week, boxed off. Um, I thought we usually have some kind of mid-intro before we kind of carry on in, and the closest thing I thought of was we do enjoy doing some nostalgia on here, and Disney Plus came out last week. Yeah. Mm. And so I thought if we take a trip back, I'll ask you a couple of questions for your favourites back then. My thing with TK is I, I couldn't, ever picture you sitting watching a Disney film as a kid <laughs> I can't really picture you crawling I can picture you as like a toddler with your head and doing, your same li- and doing your same little strut and then just nodding when people walk in the room <laughs> so essentially you just basically can't imagine that I was a child of it really I can picture you watching Elmer Fudd and a bit of Looney Tunes but <laughs> not as far as like Disney I can't see you watching Mulan 
I I have watched Mulan, but I know, I do know what you mean. I, I do know. If I wasn't me, I could I would struggle to picture that as well. What I mean, the, what have I watched? I like is is Jungle Book count as Disney? Yeah, 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 because that, it's Disney. That, Come on, man. I haven't watched the Jungle Book back on um, Disney Plus yet, but they, do they still have like, the racist stereotypical ravens at the end of it when they're all on their telephone wire? And then, because on, on, pre- on previous ones, they have like a caveat and it's like a screen that says, due to kind of time appropriate stereotypes, we've left this in to show what we can be better on and improve on in the future. And it's basically... Dumb. Huh? It was not Dumbo when they did that. Yeah, it was Dumbo, not Jungle Bird. Merging into one. Look at me. Getting it wrong. I was going to tweet I remember, I don't day. think I even watched that. But I remember saw, seeing a headline where they said uh, the portrayal of the crows in this was a racially stereotypical. I was like, you've got a flying elephant. I'm not <laughs> sure... I'm not sure you're really watching this for like a real like breakdown of things. Like I, I mean, if you, do look, if you do watch the scene with the crows, you do kind of understand it. That, that wouldn't really fly in this day and age. Like, well, who, who would have thought that like, an anti-Semitic person in the 1950s could create such racism? <laughs> well, isn't, like, all of Looney Tunes racist? Like, Marvin the Martian is essentially meant to be an immigrant. That's supposedly what he is. And then I was going to tweet call in uh, Sean Hong Kong Shui the other day, and then I read something saying that Hong Kong Fui is really racist. So you got to tread lightly. These cartoons, man. Out of order. So what, if we if we go around, Jack, you were the most passionate here, so what was your favourite <laughs> Disney film when you were a kid? Um, well, that's a good question. I mean, I was a massive fan of Toy Story, I think, as everyone was. Mm. I remember Jungle Book being the earliest one I watched because whenever I was like, ill in the night as a small child my mum would just stick me in front of the jungle book and I'd go back to sleep <laughs> so I actually have a prediction for yours and Alex's favourite but now you said that I might be out okay well, I'm, I'm I probably you done be... as a Tarzan man no I actually it's one of the <laughs> one I don't think I've ever actually watched it all the way through Tarzan um, it was definitely either Toy Story 1 or Jungle Book one of the two I can't choose when I was doing my research uh, earlier I thought I was going to do one on the the things you wouldn't have noticed, but most of them I think everyone's heard before. But I know at the end of Tarzan, if you have seen it, when the hunter gets uh, killed and they essentially do the classic Disney thing where they fall down and it's implied that they're dead, but they aren't going to show a dead body at the bottom of a ditch or whatever. But in the background of the shot where they, they show his knife like drop to the floor, you see his hanging body swinging from a vine. And so for Disney standards... That's quite dark. Well, that's yeah. nice. And he's white, so that's all good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not racist. Alex, hit us with your favourite. Yeah, well, I, I've got... Um, so it is Tarzan um, as my uh. favourite. So you got me there, you got me there. But No, I, since... my guess for you was Hercules, actually. Oh, that's, that's third choice. Third choice. The Tarzan's number one for me. But second, um, second place, uh, did any of you ever watch Treasure Planet? No. I think I did, but it, it clearly wasn't that memorable. It was yeah, actually same. really good, but the interesting, interesting facts, because it was the last film 
It was the last film um, of that editing style. Uh, and Disney didn't want to proceed with that way. And it was kind of like they promised the director they'll support him with it if he did other work for him. So they torpedoed it from a marketing perspective. And so it just like didn't do it's actually it's a really good it's a really good one to watch, but they didn't do a marketing campaign about it, so they torpedoed it before it got out of the gate. Just because they didn't want to continue with that editing style. I was say, I've never heard of it. It's good, it's good, it's worth a watch. TK, that's TK's gonna have to stick that on tonight now. <laughs> that's fine. That's my evening sorted. It's more of a boys' one. <laughs> if that's any consolation, then TK, I won't <laughs> judge you. I know. I know. More of a Disney princess kind of. I know. Well, I know Jack oh. more of a Disney princess kind of guy, but <laughs> Tim Tom's more of a you know. To be fair, I'm a massive fan of Frozen, so I can't even com- <laughs> well, com- com- complain at that jive. Literally. <laughs> Has anyone else watched that? Because I've not even seen it. I know the song, obviously. I watched it in cinema. I bet Alex has seen it. I've I've seen it, but hardly wow. paid attention to it. I think it's extremely overrated. That that old chestnut. You said the same for the Twilight films as well. Uh, I can hardly remember the bloody Twilight films. My relationship oh, with Frozen is a little bit like with um, High School Musical, where I know the main song, but yeah. I don't know anything else. But I feel like that was enough. Like I knew. <laughs> Breaking Free is more of an anthem than Let It Go as well. You were a bit of a fan of High School Musical, weren't you, Luke? Uh, I like the song at the end, yeah. Banger. One of them where most would deem it an embarrassing one to have on your Spotify until more and more people say, I've got this on my Spotify, actually. <laughs> Come on, Alex's car, actually, when we were on a drive back once. <laughs> I've never seen the High School Musical film, so... Uh, if I believe that, I'll believe anything. TK, what was your favourite, if you had one? Um, to be fair, I thought Aladdin was a good film. I liked the idea that he just lied to this woman repeatedly till she liked him. <laughs> I thought that I thought it was a real great message there. <laughs> if you pretend you've did, got you money, like it enough to watch the remake? No, I didn't know there was a re- there's a remake. Yes, yeah, the well, one with Will Smith. Oh, sorry, the one with Will Smith. I thought you meant literally like an anime thing. Why would they do that? Yeah, yeah. No, there was there uh, is a sequel though. There was an Aladdin so, two. I think we discussed before, didn't we? Once you see uh, Will Smith, well, should just yeah. say no to some jobs. Yeah, that it's, was enough for me. You can say no; it's fine. Uh, mine was Toy Story two, which is better than the first one. Sheesh. Whether it's better or not, it's. Toy Story 1 is still the one that brings you in. I'm in, actually in the process of watching all of the Star Wars from 1 through to the recent ones. And obviously, my missus has never seen the original trilogy, like the like New Hope and all of that. So I've picked it up to be this thing that's like on this pedestal, which is the best of all films ever. And I watched it back after obviously watching the first three, Solo and Rogue One. Episode 3 is the best. Well, be that that's a debating point as it is but actually watching it back now and I'm thinking hang on a minute the other ones are pretty good but this was made 43 years ago so it has to have that it has to have that cult factor I think which is what Toy Story 1 has over 2 of that's what started everyone on that journey do you agree with the stick she's in the boot still yeah (laughs) well yeah so allegedly do you agree with the stick that the Phantom Menace gets? Because it's bang oh, out of order, in my opinion. 100%, mate, it's the worst Star Wars film. It might be even no, the, it's worst, not. the worst film ever. 
<laughs> but is you, it, uh, it's better than all of the new ones for a start. Oh yeah, it is. But that's not hard because I hate all the new ones anyway. I mean, well, I, I think I actually, I think I'll actually take it over the original trilogy as well. Whoa! Oh, here we go. I knew he was going to say this. I think you're just fishing there. No, 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 it is genuinely genuinely good. I watched it again at the cinema in 3D when they brought it back. No, I'm not having... I'm not having... The Phantom Menace Menace does not deserve the stick that it gets to the extent that it does, but to say that it's better than any of the originals is blasphemous. And you can't... you, You... you're saying that to you, sir, surely. I don't know if you watch Cinema Sins or Everything Wrong With. I don't know if you watch any of those, but no, if you, type you could it, do that for every film. Well, they do do that for every film, actually. But if you, so watch, the, if you watch the Phantom Menace Cinema Sins, I urge you watch that later because it receives they... the most sins out of any, all of the films that he's done. And he's done what a do lot. What do they say about uh, Treasure Planet? <laughs> I haven't watched it. I don't think. <laughs> have you? Have you um, surely, uh, the Cinema Sins for uh, Transformers: Age of Extinction is the the highest scoring one. You gave them a hard time, them films. What the Transformers what, films? What were you expecting? The first one, bang on combination of good action, good CGI, good story. The rest of them Fox. went the absolutely <laughs> horse manure after that. Honestly. No. It, it was atrocious after the, the, for the, the first one. They had a really good way of going about it. And then Mar- Mar- Michael Bay just went into overkill and turned it all about, all into advertising. That's what uh, he does. Young, young girls and ridiculous action moving so fast that you can't actually understand what's going on the screen. And don't you dare say that the Transformers doesn't like, doesn't deserve the stick that gets because you have quoted, you have quoted, you went to go and watch age of extinction with a mate, with a mate of yours. And you criticized him for enjoying it. No, I said it was very long, but I will say your description then of everything that was wrong with Transformers. If you gave this to most people that know you, they would have that down as your ideal film. Over-the-top action, no real storyline, going on and on. <laughs> no, no, no. That, not at all. Is that not, is that not a Godzilla film? I thought he was a fan. There's a ridiculous scene in Age of Extinction of where it's obviously, it's like an office discussion of where, so basically, it's the scene, it's a scene between uh, the guy's, Mark Warburg's daughter's character and the guy that he's seeing. And she's underage in the scene. She's, she's underage, right? And he walks out. The, the guy, the guy, in order, because Mark Warburg's character calls him out and says, say, you're dating a minor, I'll go straight to the police. And he pulls out this, this law, this Romeo and Juliet law, which is exclusive to the state of Texas or something like that. <laughs> it basically absolves him of a certain way that the police can't do him for anything. Now, that has definitely been put in the film because of a discussion in the office. I'm like the, the production team had a discussion in the office and he put it he slipped it in that film to justify something. So he, he t- are you it feels personal. Me- Does this not feel personal to you? I don't know who this came from. Yeah, you, <laughs> he, we just, I've never watched it. But this seems to be quite me, a sidetrack. Yeah, you that guys is, te- Go on. Do you guys telling me that Mark Wahlberg is a nonce in this Transformers film? <laughs> Is this what no, it's his daughter in the film? But Alex, for that to be his main gripe of the film, no, is no, no, something that main... he seems to have hung on to. 
my main gripe of the film is that you see the American flag slammed in your face 52 times and there is the amount of advertising and you couldn't squeeze more advertising in any film it, like unless you made the entire film one advertisement. It's ridiculous. The amount you of love all them like war films though that do the same thing. There's a scene, there's a scene where for no apparent reason one of the spaceships crashes into a car near Mark Warburg and he picks up a can of Bud Light, drinks, has a little <laughs> sip, and says a quote from it. There's also another scene where there's a close-up close up after a character's been killed, like quite badly, in like a napalm sort of attack. And then the Lamborghini, the Transformer transforms into a Lamborghini and it's like a showroom shot as he pulls up and around the dead corpse of the guy. He literally, <laughs> the only thing it was missing, it looked like it belonged on a Lamborghini advert. It's the most, if you watch it back and look for the advertisements, it is the most hilarious thing you'll ever watch. The, how, it's just so funny to see they how do this. They do that in like every Daniel Craig James Bond film though, as well. When they zoom in on his watch or something. Not to the extent, not to the extent that they did it in that film. Honestly, just watch the watch films the, like that. You got to take it for what it is. What watch the sin? Yeah, but it was films awful anyway. The story, you, there's the story's awful, and there's the actions too extreme that you can't actually understand what's going on. It's got no the pacing's terrible. It's just literally uh, you just it turns your mind to mush watching it. This sounds like every Godzilla film ever made. <laughs> seen every have you, have you seen pain and gain which i mentioned on monday's podcast pain and gain that is a good i'll give credit that's a, that's quite that's a good film that's a good film michael bay doing what michael bay does that is anyway favorite disney character aj who have you got favorite disney character yes oh well, it'd be tarzan oh uh, i'd right. like i'm from tarzan if that it says, uh, yeah, yeah, Tarzan, easy choice. Harper, what have you got for me? Mr. Potato Head. That's a great choice. <laughs> my second, be my second choice, actually. <laughs> it's just a great character. Yeah, mine is uh, Ham, so they've got a good lot of rapport there. I was actually going to go Ham as well. <laughs> nice, nice. I like, I like your way of thinking. TK, what have you got? Uh, I couldn't actually think initially. My initial thought was Jafar from. Aladdin, <laughs> I can't just go for him just because he's a horrible clue. The next question was favourite villain, so that boxes that one off. Yeah, although if we're going back to Lion King, Scar is a pretty fucking good villain. I take him mine. I liked um, Zerg from Toy Story. I did also like Stinky Pete as well. Stinky Pete, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> the prospect of Stinky <laughs> Pete. <laughs> Uh, what about um, does the guy from in uh, Toy Story two the collector doesn't he collect Big Al can, yeah. yeah doesn't he count as a villain? Do, how much do you think Disney are going to pay us for this advertisement? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're way through some films. Not a lot at the moment, considering they're closed down. Hey, best not. Well, the next thing: Will you be getting it, or have you got it yet? Alex, you haven't got it, have you? Or you hadn't when I asked you. What, Corona? No, Disney Plus. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> have I had it yet? No. Um, and I think I think that as a household, we are going to get it, yeah. But you haven't yet? Not yet. Okay. 
Harper, you've said that you've got it. I've said I've got it. And uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that TK hasn't got it. <laughs> yeah, I think it might be a bit wasted on me, to be fair. <laughs> well, we're going to see. I've got a little... Uh, so things they've got coming this year. I mean, you don't like Marvel either, so you really would be <laughs> knocked over there. But you've got the the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Mandalorian season two, uh, Wonder and Vision, Loki, What If, which looks quite cool, where they essentially say what would have happened if this changed. So what if Peter Parker took revenge on the guy who turned into a villain with his powers? What if? The Hulk couldn't control himself, all this kind of thing. So that would be okay, quite good. Okay. There's, a, there's a like comic series that has done the same thing, so I assume they'll just be taking that. But they've got the actual... I think it's going to be animated, but they've got the actual actors from the characters doing the voices. And then there's Hawkeye, the Obi-Wan series. And Did that they've get got... posted going ahead? I thought, I thought that got postponed. I think it's been pushed back, yeah, but it is still being made. I think it's 2021. Who's playing Obi-Wan in that? Is it Ewan McGregor? It's Ewan McGregor, yeah. Oh, amazing. Yes. Nice. Perfect. And they're doing a um, Cassian Andor from uh, Rogue One. Is it Rogue One or is it a solo film? Either yeah, it's way. Rogue One. Rogue One. And She-Hulk as well, if that tickles your gooch. Anyway. So I did set you some homework for a change. Well, I usually set some, but not uh, not usually come with notes. But this one is individual, so if you haven't done it, this is when the teacher's asking you for your answers. Yeah, and, found out uh, in class. You're going to be found out. I know Jack's done his homework. Alex, have you done yours? We'll have to wait and see, won't we? Did you ex- did you understand the concepts after I explained it? I'm going to wait and see what the answers <laughs> are, and I'll decide whether I've understood That's the honest. concepts. If not, right, scrap well, get something down on paper quickly. <laughs> Alex, go first. Give me one of your events. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Right, so I'll explain, no, wait, I'll explain the concept. So the concept was we've got WrestleMania this Saturday and Sunday. You can get a free trial on the WWE Network if that tickles your pickle and you just want something live to watch this weekend. Well, actually, not live, but it'll be shown as live. God, this is like a Transformers film with all this product placement at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> well, just thank God, be thankful something's going ahead. Anyway, WrestleMania, essentially, they take all of the top talent, they culminate it together for the biggest event that they can possibly put together. So the task I set you was to do a similar kind of mania event if it was for a different sport. So... TK, I believe, has boxing. Jack has football. Alex, you have the world of athletics. And I've done a mixture of MMA and picking up the slack in case any of you didn't do your homework. So (laughs) I've got that there. The example I gave you was, say you had uh, Chikorito and Dirk Coit in a no offsides match, similar to no disqualification match or something like that, but still tailored to the world of football. So you've got that there. So Alex, kick us off. Uh, so you know how you've got um, in the Winter Olympics, you've got the, uh, uh, forgotten the name of it, is it bi- biathlon? Yeah, biathlon, where they basically have to, uh, they ski and then they have to stop, shoot at targets and then carry on skiing again, and it's just like a race. I've never heard of this. You know, you've never seen that before? Yeah, I've seen no. 
so it is it sounds it sounds quite you know it sounds quite interesting on the premise of it but considering how well spaced out they are and how much of an endurance event it is it's a little bit boring to watch in all fairness and i don't know any of the big name the big name hitters in it but i suggest they just you know twist it up a little bit and we just have effectively it's a pursuit um it's like you know in team pursuit in cycling um whether in a velodrome it's just basically a pursuit and they're they're armed with uh, paintball guns instead, and it's just a paintball <laughs> map. So they've just got to effectively got to get from A to B um, and chase down the chase down the lead and take them out. So essentially, rather than do something for the sport, you created a new sport. <laughs> no, I've just played the current one. The <laughs> point of is it's a race from A to B with points counted for hit targets or not. They've still got to get from A to B. I'm just switching out the stationary targets for potential moving ones and live ammo angles instead. And that's it. Simple did you know? Did you know for your, your podcast history, on one of the first episodes of the podcast, we did have an interview with a uh, three times Winter X Games champion. No way. Yep, that Sean right. did. Max Parrott. I remember that. I remember that episode. It's still up on the website now. Oh. The interview. Nice little plug, that. Yeah. Dig into the spitballing archives. Exactly. I think it's like, it might be episode two, maybe. We started off with David Hay and Max Parrott in the first couple of episodes, and then uh, we brought in the likes of uh, Jack and... We wrote like for like. Exactly. Same stats with one of your matches. Right. See, I've got quite a lot for these because I feel that football's probably one of the easiest ones to do because of how funny it can be in some scenarios. So I'll start out with a funny one, which is probably my favourite one or one of the favourites. But Costa versus Suarez in a shit house match. <laughs> so the way it would work is who can commit the most bookable offences without being caught. So if you get yellow carded, you get disqualified <laughs> from the game. So you've got to do everything. Obviously, VAR isn't involved in this at all. This is old school. So you've just got to be a complete twat. This kind of bears tribute to Suarez, be- yeah, Suarez being banned for a total of 13 games, but never receiving a red card, including <laughs> racism and biting someone. Biting someone numerous times, actually. And Costa, when they did that Sky Roundup of Costa crimes, where he was just went just stamped on everyone in the Liverpool game and I think got Gabrielle sent off for basically being a shithouse. So that's the shithouse games this where I kick mine off. The thing is, the opposing managers always criticise it, but even at a young age, you're essentially told, do what you can get away with. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And I think... That's Unless it's the, to a keeper. Yeah, well, yeah obviously they're <laughs> out, out of bounds they are, but I think this is where it's born out of. It's kind of, they were just the best in their field of being complete shithouses and getting away with it. TK, what have you got for us? All right. I've got an entire sort of card here, but lower down the card, I've got, first I've got a tag team match for the Charlos <laughs> going in against Lomachenko and Usyk. I just quite like <laughs> to see how these guys try and take on the little guy first and then go for the big guy. I don't fancy the Charlos' chances. And then I've got um, a crossover back where I'm throwing Nate Diaz in the boxing ring and him and John O'Carroll having a first blood match. 
<laughs> two blokes who cut like in nobody's business. First one to cut the other one. Having watching WWE recently, the first blood match really does make a mockery of the other events where they'll get like scratched and blood is like pouring out of their head within the first couple of minutes. <laughs> and then a first blood match, they just refuse to bleed. Just to bleed. Doesn't matter how many chairs they get to the face, they can just <laughs> No no, I'm fine. Well I was we were saying when we were watching it recently about how the times have changed, particularly for women in the WWE. And I was watching SummerSlam two thousand when there was a stink face thong match. <laughs> what? Which they're wrestling in underwear and then they just have to move their ass into one of the other people. That's literally how you win the match. <laughs> and you go to this year then when there's women headlining for an actual wrestling match. So that's how things can change in 20 years. <laughs> I've got what did I have at the bottom of my... Oh, so I've got uh, Wonderboy against uh, Rumble Johnson, and uh, Wonderboy is allowed to kick, and Rumble can punch, and that's all they're allowed to do, so <laughs> Wonderboy's arms are tied up, and uh, oh, Rumble, you can't really tie his legs up, but yeah. <laughs> he's somewhat <laughs> restricted. <laughs> he's got that some like, is... leg handcuffs on or something. That actually is a great idea. Someone's getting chinned had um similar to a raw rumble so there was one season of the ultimate fighter where it was the black zillions who is who kamara usman used to be before they disbanded and uh, american top team who's the one that has like uh that had woodley joanna colby all of them and it was actually a really good season because if you won your fight then the next fights took place in your gym so they packed it out and so the whole octagon was surrounded so it was literally like the closest to like a coliseum you're going to have with them just baying for blood it's really good but we can have like a royal rumble kind of match where it's essentially just a free-for-all but it's just last man standing is going to be the one that takes the cake for their team i like it oh yeah go on so um so going back to the athletics, so obviously the hundred meter sprint finals are uh, is it's all it's as much about the show as it is about the actual ten seconds, nine seconds, or however long it lasts for. I'm um, nervous. Five you know, seconds for Brittany. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and uh, if you ask uh, some, if you ask a lot of the athletes and stuff that go, they sort of say they're in the in the athletes' village, the superstars, the ones who are like you know the 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 pros within the pros are the 100 meter sprinters so when they come into the mess the mess hall to get their food and stuff it's like everybody sort of like turns heads and all that sort of stuff so i reckon 100 meter sprints is the 100 meter showboat um and basically you remember 2012 when you had bolt uh you had blake um and uh there was another one as well but they all had their little they a few of them had their little like symbols so you had bolt with the bolt symbol blake who had the beast so effectively the injections yeah yeah basically <laughs> so what i would say is the event is is a 100 meter sprint in uh their, their like literally the most coolest or ridiculous outfit that they can have on so points are scored not just for the time that they do but about how for how cool they look obviously obviously you got a fun uh, run 
Wilder isn't going to be on board for this kind of thing because obviously any outfit which adds a bit of weight, he's not going to float. So, um, <laughs> but you can have like a good entrance as well. Like obviously the athletes now, like particularly with the, you saw it with the the hundred four by one hundred relay teams, they all had their little entrances where they came up. So you know, like on the WWE ring, you set up the big entrance walk into the athletics track and they all have their big entrance, get up to the 100-meter start track in their ridiculous outfits or cool outfits, whatever, to go for it, and it's a sprint for the line. Drag out the whole event for, like, a, just the entrances will probably take about 45 minutes alone. It's like Super Bowl. Good. Yeah. So the, the ratio in... of entertainment to actual sports... Back in 2012, picking uh, Blake to win was like hedging your bets because if it wasn't going to be Bolt, then it was going to be him. And you just did have people talking like they'd been following racing for... It was like Cheltenham Race Week. I fancy Blake here, you know. I do. <laughs> I fancy him. I reckon Bolt's time's up here. And you know what? I reckon Bolt might only win by half a second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of relieved from Alex, from where he was going with the first one. I thought on this one he's going to say like the shooter has to have live ammunition or something in his gun. <laughs> we'll see how quickly they can run. <laughs> Give the psychopath a gun. Like, right, let's see what we got. Jack, what have you got? So, I've got Joey Barton versus Lee Catamol. So, a red card is now a culmination of 10 yellow cards. So, the first of 10 yellow cards win. Oh. But, getting a, but getting a straight red gets you disqualified. <laughs> so you know there's just niggly shitty little fouls all over the pitch like the Lee Catamol special you've got to just commit as many of those as, as quickly as you can but don't get a straight red card I feel like this would be part of the undercard to your first match yeah I think so I mean <laughs> I've also got Alan Shearer versus Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank he who scores the most laced shots wins basically <laughs> Just absolute laces from those two. So I've got a few proper ones, but most of them are just ones like that. Or you should do it so they can't hit it with the laces, so they can only hit a soft insert and just see, both, see them both squirm. And like, oh, what do I do? How do I the, do this? <laughs> the thing is, I'd actually back Jimmy Fallas Bank to win that one because he, he's got a curler on him as well. He's, not he's got a bit a, more variety, hasn't he? Yeah, he's not just a one-trip pony, whereas Adam Sher was just basically twat it as hard as you can. I actually think Jimmy Floyd actually maybe doesn't get the props he deserves. It. No, 100%. He had an absolute traction engine for a right foot. It was just... It, 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 he's the epitome of a player when they said when he hit a ball, it stayed hit. Mm. And with him, it <laughs> always, always did. To go with your variety one, so I, I had a football one and I had a game of headers and volleys with um, Rooney and Crouch where Crouch is only allowed to header it and Rooney's only allowed to volley it. Nice. And if it's a tie and we're going to kind of a, a next one wins, then uh, Crouch is only allowed to volley it and Rooney's only allowed to header it. That's brilliant. See, I've, I've gone for something kind of like that. I've gone for the Dilap Derby. So you can only score from, th- you can only score from throw-ins. The ball must remain airborne until scored. One bounce half volley is allowed. The lap is a floating team member who will take throw-ins for both teams. <laughs> TK, have you got another one for us? Yeah, we've spoken about before how um, sometimes if you're on fight night, you'd play so like you just can't defend. You're not allowed to. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got 
We've got Golovkin and Frotch going in. We're dragging Frotch out of retirement. <laughs> Neither of them are allowed to defend or move their head, which they've both kind of done before when they wanted to. And it's just going to slug it out, see who's left at the end of it. I like it. And I guess on a similar sort of note, we've got Gatty Ward, but it's unlimited rounds. So it is <laughs> literally just until someone collapses. And we've got Jack Reese refereeing, so there's no going to be so, no soft knockouts here. He's going to be gone. <laughs> a lot of the ones I have for the UFC, they're kind of just like we pull it. We can pull GSP out of retirement for like they did with the Rock to face Cena, so we can have GSP Khabib. <laughs> um, we've got uh, Connor against Gaethje, but no rounds, so it is no break. We just keep going, and we'll see how long. McGregor's endurance lasts for because he really will have to come out and slump him quickly. <laughs> if you watched him drown. I actually had us headlined by uh, Dana against uh, Ariel Hawani. Oh, yes. Because that's been brewing for years. And you know what? Dana's got the size, but Hawani's got the skills. <laughs> and we can have the schmo as a uh, <laughs> guest referee. <laughs> if, if you... Uh, if anyone... For whoever's got like ones left, if you want to have a, a free for all now, so <coughs> let it rip. All right, I've got one then. So this is probably the most anticipated one that anyone would want to see. So it's Messi versus Ronaldo in a one v one basketball style game. Best of three, first ten goals. So if you lose the ball, you must defend the only goal. The winner of this is finally crowned the undisputed player of our generation. I think that is the only way to find out. I like it. Who would your money Ronaldo be? Ronaldo would win. Ronaldo would win. Yeah, I do think Ronaldo would win. But I he, don't he, think he'd be the best it, player. Just because he's got he's got more physicality, I suppose, okay. and he, he's carrying more weight behind him, so he can defend better. There is that, but I think Messi is so good at dribbling that he'd run rings around him as well. But uh, yeah, to, it's, it, it's not. It's. I'd also argue Messi's actually uh, harder to knock off the ball than Ronaldo as well. Yeah. I've, Don't help I've me seen, with that one. Don't I've seen. I've, 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 I've literally just play the play the the shit card and just literally boot the ball past him, like boot the ball a little bit wide of him while Messi's got his back, got his front to him, and then just outpace him to the ball, and then he can just ping it from whatever angle he's at. I'm but not think, sure he's winning that race. No, and I think oh, Messi like low center of gravity. Can he can run around him a lot easier than Ronaldo would be able to change position? So. Whereas Ronaldo will have the physicality and like the size advantage, I think Messi would make up for that in the low centre of gravity. So I think it would be a really good matchup, and I think that is the only way to show who is the best player because you'd see them both attack and defend, skill, strength, everything. So you heard it here first. If they ever get together think, for a charity match, <laughs> I think you, I think you give them. Um, it's a three-man team on each side. You give them one one defensive support and one goalkeeper and that way you because that way you get to see what they're like partnering up with somebody as well because obviously it is a team sport and that's what matters I know but I've kind of gone for we no one can decide who is the best out of both of them everyone has reasons for and against both of them the only way is to just pit them one versus one no external factors and they've got to find a way to win and if they don't they're not the best of our generation on on BT Sport now, they're showing United Celtic from 2006. Celtic's midfield with uh, Magidi, Gravison and Nakamura in it. Not bad. Glory days, really. 
Yeah. United's team's horrible as well. I don't know how they ever won teams, uh, how they ever won trophies with this team. They got Darren Fletcher on the wing, for God's sake. <laughs> Do you remember they beat Arsenal? Like, was it by five goals or eight goals? I can't remember which one it was. Six. When they had like six defenders in or something like that. Well, like the thing three. that's overlooked with this is Arsenal actually had more players out. We had we had Carl Jenkinson at centre-back. We had um, Armand Traore at full-back. And I'm pretty sure Justin Hoyt was in there. No, Gavin Hoyt was in there as well. <laughs> but I know we speak about Liverpool fans quite a lot on here and TK probably does get sick of it with the uh, we're not all like that I did see a tweet the other day and they were trying to start a debate with which was the better front three out of uh, Messi, Suarez, Neymar and Firmino Mane and Salah (laughs) I think they deleted the tweet after so at least (laughs) <laughs> on the one hand, you can tell it, it wasn't fishing, but on the other hand, they, they probably didn't, re- didn't expect the reaction. They had some <laughs> sort of dignity and took it down. <laughs> Alex, have you got anything more for us? Uh, I was trying to work out. I was trying to work out a way of getting Lance Armstrong back into the fold um, and put him up again. <laughs> I can't. I can't. He's done his time. To, yeah, I can't seem to put somebody up against him that's like his equivalent um like really he was oh, far just like, well that's true <laughs> a post 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 race test up match <laughs> i feel a good one for lance armstrong would be because we all know he's a drugs chief this time we just pump him through with as many pap peds as possible to see how fast someone can really do the tour de france like with all the steroids and all the doping in the world, let's see how far we can push this boundary because that's the only thing that can save his career. <laughs> nah, it's you. You want it. You want to. There's obviously multiple multiple day event. What you want is you just want the like the outdoors one day mountain top finish challenge, and they just literally burn themselves into it. And if they die at the top, they die. They if they die, they die. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Push him, push him to the absolute limit. See what yeah. happens. Any other suggestions before we continue? So I've got Nani versus Neymar, the watershed game. So the two players must try and draw the worst fouls they can. And then after the foul, they must cry into a science lesson style measuring beaker. The player with the most milliliters of tears after 90 <laughs> minutes wins. <laughs> 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 that'd be a good one. I think that'd be a good one as well. You could bring that to like a local grassroots level because everyone had like one player on their team as a kid that cried. It was a cry. Yeah, yeah. It could be through like a bad tackle, or it could be because they lost, or it could even be because they like, missed a shot. So that you could bring into local grassroots. So I think that's. And an if actual, you can't think of one, one, Alex, you know what they say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've also got um, Roy Keane versus Vinnie Jones, Mame Ball. So red cards and fouls have been taken out of the game and they must survive for two five-minute halves. The person still standing wins. If both are still standing, it goes down to goals scored. So I'm, I'm talking like people with broken ankles, Roy Keane, broken ankles, still carrying on trying to score goals because if he doesn't, he could still lose. So I think that's a pretty pretty good one. And who, who else? Who else better to watch than Roy Keane and Vinnie Jones just absolutely <laughs> lay into each other? 
I suppose we could get this on uh, Alex's Olympics card, but how much would you like to see uh, Nadal against Federer in a game of swing ball? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the rallies on there. There'd have to be a seriously strong bloody swing. <laughs> I um I, I got one I got one to maybe close on. Um, You're so making these up on the spot, aren't you? Is, is <laughs> last, this one was the this one was the gem. So it's uh, it's called the last man standing last man standing um uh last man standing on the track. So basically, obviously you've got like so Mo Farah can enter in this. Um, so you've got obviously the, you've got the ten thousand and the five thousand meters. Scrap both of that. Well, it's basically just last man standing. So each lap they take out a runner. So they take a runner off the track, and it's just the last. They just keep going until it's the last man standing. It's that balance of whether you want to just try and sprint it out, speed it up, get it over and done with, or you just got to be the last man standing and just take it nice and slow. And you can spice it up with a few things as well, but. That'll be really interesting to see because that's easy to uh, see. You can ped up for that and see who's lasting the longest. <laughs> Has anyone got anything else before we carry on? Back on, sir. All right. So we're going to see what people value here. So the little things you miss about the Premier League. So ESPN did an article and, I mean, they started it off with Lacazette's right foot. So I'm confident we can do a better job here. <laughs> <laughs> so not the things like... Well, basically not the obvious things, the, the little things. So I miss VAR ruling out goals. <laughs> well, it's got to that point why I miss that little moment where you're looking to see if the icon pops up, if the finger goes to the referee's ear. <laughs> That's one of the little things I miss about the Premier League. My one, I think I think it's been alluded to quite a bit on social media, but uh, I miss a Super Sunday that is not super at all. <laughs> <laughs> so you get Brighton Newcastle or something, you think, you know what, I'm going to watch that intently when it's next back on. I saw someone say on Sunday that they'd have paid a grand for West Ham against Burnley. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I missed... Um... I miss, I'm not a prolific better, but I miss having the opportunity to have a little look at the match of the weekend and going, do you know what? I fancy a tenfold accumulator this weekend. I reckon I might have got, I, might, I reckon I've got a good idea of what's going to happen. I miss having the luxury of on a Friday, Friday morning, having a little look and going, yeah, I quite fancy having a little punt this weekend. A Friday morning, you're keen. Well, you've got a Friday night match here. Yeah? He's laying out the weekend, isn't he? <laughs> On that note, though, I found myself just picking up my phone thinking, what am I doing here? And it's because I would normally be <laughs> clicking on Skybell or something. It's, it's bad, isn't it? I, I miss Jose's press conferences. Bloody hell. They're the best when things aren't going well. Oh, yeah, so for sure. For sure. I'm missing them. I'm also missing uh, Sean Deutsch's unironic post-match gripes. About teams not playing football properly, or <laughs> or slowing the game down to not suit his team, or the way the way someone's set up, all those little things that he says completely with straight well, face. No irony at all. Yeah. <laughs> Although I did enjoy him doing some curry tasting for the radio before a match 
earlier this season, so I wouldn't mind him doing some more of that as well. <laughs> some curry taste. Yeah, he was like picking out the ingredients and all sorts. It'd definitely be a foul, it's not serious sort of matter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pouring Vindaloo down his throat saying, look, this is boring. Rubbing so, it in his eyes. <laughs> so we know that we all miss football, but Byron, if someone gave her the choice that coronavirus went away and we could carry on the season right now, but you had to have Unai Emery in charge, would you take it? Christ. <laughs> I do weirdly miss moaning about it. <laughs> that's that's honest of you because that is definitely true it's just whether you were going to be able to admit it to yourself yeah because I suppose right now you've got Arteta and he was doing you wouldn't say he's doing any better than Emery was really wow. no you would that's the but shit. he's also the reason but we you, don't have football you, yeah, he true. caught the virus <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you can't really moan about him it's like at the moment with Frank, he's got a free pass because we love him so much. But with Arsenal, it's a bit different because I know Arteta was a good player for you, but he isn't a club legend like Frank Lampard was for us. So you're kind of in that camp of how long do I stick behind him if things don't go better than they are at the moment? He's got a better he's got a better record than Lampard since he took over. Let's not talk like he let's not talk like he's Emery. We've not lost a Premier League game since he took charge. Yeah, but it's the draws as well, isn't it? It's, and losing in the uh, Europa League. And kind of, I think it's more the kind of league position as well, especially when you've got Spurs doing as badly as they've been doing. Losing in the Europa is an ideal, but I've never really liked the Europa. So now that we're out of that. And Arsenal are the ones leading the charge to get City kept out of Europe next season. <laughs> After yeah. rising to Liverpool to get them on board. So what happened with that? I, I don't know anything about that. They say eight clubs have said that they, they're, they've said to UEFA, look, even if the Champions League doesn't carry on this season, then you can't let City in next year, regardless of whether you have time to hear their appeal or not. Uh, I didn't know that. And Arsenal, have, uh, Arsenal have led the way. Well, if, there's teams, if there's eight teams in that, it's definitely going to be, the, it's going to be United... Chelsea, Tottenham. Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah Sheffield, Sheffield aren't one of them, so they're making sure they do really stay as like the people's champs. Good lads. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I read that West Ham were one of them, which is class, if so. But at the same time, I don't know why. <laughs> what they is care. the point? I think it's been shamed so badly into it. <laughs> they said that that City are most outraged that Liverpool are getting involved when they've quite blatant well they already have sealed Champions League qualification yet they're still making sure City are in there <laughs> I think like I look I look at it and I think we're getting closer and closer to the Premier League season being called off what with all of the non-league games being called off now already and by the looks of it it's going to be like this for at least six months but that's all good, well and good because if it stops Liverpool winning the league, everyone's going to think that's really funny. But you look at you look at teams like Leicester, who have got into the top four in Sheffield United. That they're not going to cancel the season. Well, where is too far? Do you know what I mean? Like if you get to August and we still haven't reconvened because we still can't have stadiums and there's people with coronavirus in the Premier League, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that what, what happens? You can't push back the following season because then you'll have the Euros in the summer, so you've got nowhere to push it to. So you will Look, have to... you, 
You got you're, you're, you're still talking about a game about 10 years ago being unfair because the referee <laughs> gave the other team a penalty. Imagine you were 25 points clear. Yeah, but that is, for example, as well, the Juventus fans have come out and said that we don't want any silverware if the season's called off now because we wouldn't have earned it. No, so you're always, they, they are also always... only one point clear, but at the same time... Granted, no, no, Luke, that's exactly think... the same thing. Don't let anybody tell you different. <laughs> and I don't, think, I don't think Liverpool fans are saying they want the season called off. The Liverpool fans want to carry on and win the league. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not saying that they don't, but I'm saying that when is when it's too long, well, surely it would... Juventus do also well, have their fair share to not worry about this one. Yeah. True. The problem is as well, is it not that next season, we've said before, next season is going to be affected anyway. So we can't really, can't sort of, if we were going to null and void this one to protect the next season, I can understand it, but there's no way of the next season not being affected by this, is it? It's going to weep no. into next season regardless of what we do. But this is what I'm saying. So when do they just think, well, we'll call off this season and try and reconvene and maybe cut out the league cut start in September, start in October, say. I just don't think it's going to be feasible to get a full season in next year regardless. In which case, you're not better off finishing this season and even do, I don't know, like a half season for the next one or something. I don't know what they'll be able to do. Yeah. At least you'd be entering into the next season all with the collective understanding of, look, this is going to be a bit different. Whereas yeah, we're, kind of signed up we're to meant to be talking games. about what we're missing and Jack's trying to get the season called off. Well, why? I'm not... I'm not saying, I'm just asking the question. <laughs> what about what about if um if we like obviously finish off this season properly and then as for like the concept of a shorter one next season, what about if you did something like a um like a Champions League scenario Premier League of where it's a knockout, so you have a small group stage and then you go into the knockouts and then you do a one off Premier League final? Hey, it's That's not, not gonna happen, by me. I think you could bring in Mainball from my uh suggestions and bring that in and just <laughs> everyone just picks a hard man from their team pick your shit out yeah so right, we won't sell Colas on that then yeah. you could literally you could literally you could literally turn around like a Premier League Cup a Premier League Cup for a change uh, a Premier, Premier Cup you could turn that round in like two months you know think games every night literally like a World Cup, World Cup scenario maybe a little bit less frequent you could turn that around and then head straight into the Euros and then you've got the Olympics somewhere in between hey, that. This isn't a question. What do you miss about the Premier League? Stop trying to get it called off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I trying miss to... Giroud's beard. Mm. Yeah. And Roy Hodgson. I miss Arsenal. I miss Arsenal fan TV. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Jack Grealish slowly turning it around. He fucked it again, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you think he turned the corner? Yeah, that, again. that England call-up is so far in the distance now. I'd love it if he went back to Ireland just to see them take him back. <laughs> I'm assuming, but uh, all right, we'll let you off. I'm going to end I'm... up having to style my hair like his barnet if I don't get like figure out a way of trimming my hair soon. Shave I'm... it all off. I was right on the cusp of meant to be having a haircut and then they called the isolation protocol properly on lockdown and now I've got... Shave it all off. Ah, I'm, like, I, I'm not going to pull off a boulder. I haven't got the forehead for it. Well, you shouldn't be going out anyway, so it won't matter. It'll grow back. Some of us are still going to work, Byron. Yeah, so am I from home. You said you can work from home, but you're choosing yeah. to go into the office. I can't work from home at the moment. It's essential that I'm there. I'm an essential worker. 
Fucking hell. You told you that. I don't have to, as TK said, though, I'm just not allowed to film it. So, we'll (laughs) we'll take photos of it. I miss Deanie pretending to be the everyman every time he gets an interview question and not just answering the question properly. (laughs) How tough did you find that? Tough, but there's single mothers out there with five kids trying to put food on the table. (laughs) This isn't tough. Just to answer the question. Just give us the stock answer. Don't give us that. So you're happy to get three points. That's one thing. Yeah, one thing I'll say that I miss is kind of the conditioned footballer's media response to every single question. Like that's the Troy Deeney side of it. Is the rare time you actually see a bit of personality where everything else is, yeah, well the go the guys had a good game and you know and uh, just go on like that. It does yeah, my head yeah. You mm. just get the processed media coach that like kind of response. Just hate it. That's the that's my uh, one thing that I'll take back, even if if we do get the season back on track. I miss Todd Cantwell's interactions with young with young thug. <laughs> get the surf celebration out. Chelsea actually have been pretty blockbuster TV this year, so I do quite miss watching them as well because I'm torn between wanting to see Frank happy, but at the same time wanting to see Chelsea and Jack a bit more upset. Don't worry, it seems like the players have that same conundrum. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's such it's yeah, such a weird season. I mean you never know what you're gonna get. If we win we win, great. If we don't we don't. It's so weird. You can't really look forward to anything. It just kind of happens in front of you, which is probably what football's all about, I suppose. That taking you back to the non-expectancy years being a Chelsea fan of, oh shit, we actually got results today, buzzing, looking on teletext. There's nothing. Is anyone, is anyone desperate enough to say they missed McManaman? No. I, I, I still, I thank coronavirus for saving my ears from him. I wish he caught it. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, Byron, no. I said that about Alex and he took it really personally. Well, yeah, it's a personal thing to say. I, I wouldn't want it on you at all, Byron, at all. I, I'd be, I'm glad you're isolating properly because God forbid you ever get it. No, because I'm in, I'm in the at-risk category. <laughs> Ouch. Alex, when you join your new triathlon team, can you announce it on the podcast? Like LeBron? Yeah, could do. Could do. Do a shirt, do, do a shirt shot. That could Take be the South Why have you changed? Well, oh, don't that, get him started. We'll be oh, able, no, you could do another podcast on that if you want. <laughs> no, no, that's going to be that's going to be Byron's sit down. Um, was it Piers Morgan who used to do the show where it, it was like t- like a where Morgan Piers Morgan interviewed people? Um, Life stories. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Or did you interview with serial killers? Which one is it, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> Women all these bars. Do you relate to the most? <laughs> <laughs> Have any of you watched, uh, like, since we're in isolation at the moment, bringing back a feature here with recommendations on Netflix? I'm hearing stuff about this, the, like the, the tiger or the lion king. Tiger king, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, king. I'm four episodes in. It's a fucking weird watch. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, they're all like, proper, proper messed up people, but it, I guess it is interesting, though. And I'm six into the new season of Ozark. Friend of the pod, Jason Bateman. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm three in, three into that, so no spoilers, please. Oh well, you've you've got so much to look forward to. I think one good thing about the uh, Tiger King thing is they like, kind of each time they introduce someone new to it, you think, oh, they seem a little bit more normal. And they just seem to be just as despicable as the last person. Yeah. <laughs> That's the incredible thing. Yeah, I um, at first thought the main bloke was like a lovable rogue. And then <laughs> as we've really gone on, not. I thought you are an awful bloke. Yeah. <laughs> like Because that, uh, that Carol in that, it's, there's no spoilers here because everyone's been going on, on the internet saying about um, this Carol woman. And everyone's been like sort of pinning things on her. It's like, even if she is this awful person, do not ignore. There's these other <laughs> blokes here that are absolutely dreadful. <laughs> One guy in there gets off scot free, and whilst having like two wives, <laughs> and Three. people that everybody knows he's got like imprisoned, and they're all like, in their twenties, and he's like in his fifties. <laughs> but he gets off scot free, it seems, like to the public. <laughs> Very strange. Final one I had on my list, uh, Adam Atriori's legs. <laughs> what about the biceps? Not quite the same. A bit intimidating. Seen biceps <laughs> like that before. I've not seen legs like that before. <laughs> and Gary Neville's videos about Liverpool. Each time you go <laughs> behind. <laughs> yeah, I kind of miss... Uh, I watched his thing about uh, Valencia the other day, actually. That was quite good. But I do miss them talking about actual football that had been going on rather than old stuff. For, for, for me, it's quite nice hearing him talk about the old stuff. Sense of pride. <laughs> a bit more nostalgia. Shall we go on to our last bit if no one has anything else to chuck in the mix? Go on. All right, so final thing. Recommend a sporting event to rewatch watch while everyone has all this free time. If I could... Um, take you back to uh, the 6th of May 2009 um, Chelsea take an early lead in the second leg of the Champions League against Barcelona <laughs> and you can slowly see the crowd start to believe and then <sighs> on 93 minutes uh, Iniesta pops up <laughs> and scores a beauty so that would be my recommendation I mean that's nothing sh- short of despicable from you, Byron. <laughs> um, it's a good game. My, my, yeah, it is. Oh, God, no, it's not. The Injustice. <laughs> what, my, there was no Injustice in that one. Which one? The Iniesta late goal. I'm not rising to this. I'm not rising <laughs> to it. Um, <laughs> I'll probably go back to rewatch. The Chelsea beat the Invincibles away at Highbury 2-1 to go through to the semi-finals of the Champions League in 2004. You can't just you can't just get nasty after mine. Mine was a genuine one. Oh, but I can because it was a brilliant game. Arsenal dominated for most of it, and then pops Wayne Bridge in the dying embers of the game to put us through and beat you at Highbury and stop you from coming a team in London that's won a European Cup. So yeah, probably gonna have to go with that one. European to, to add, when it's to add to that, 94, yeah. we should mention. <laughs> yeah, but it's to, not the Champions League, is it? AJ, what that, have you got? Well, I was going to add to Jack. I mean, I've always thought Arsenal-Barcelona in the Champions League final is an underrated Champions League final. I think it's got real viewing history there. <laughs> Good game. 
<laughs> unlike unlike the Tottenham Liverpool Champions League final, which is probably one of the worst. The only highlight of it was Sean dropping to his knees doing the VAR video. <laughs> have you got an event for us, Alex, or did you not do more homework? Um, no, I have. I have. Um, I'd say. Uh, does anybody remember sticking? Since you slammed me with the athletic side of things, um, you could probably you could probably. Um, pull out a few of twenty twelve Olympics um, and go for like particularly the night where we bagged the three golds in one night at the track. Uh, just show them all like just show it all in one sequence, rewatch that entire night. Um, or you could go for um, when we ran away with it um, at the velodrome um, on the same one. But probably just yeah the highlight of when it was Jessica Ennis, Mo Farah and uh, Rutherford or something like that who was they we've got the triple gold like the atmosphere in that stadium and the atmosphere of watching it at home if you could sort of rekindle any of that um but if you're going for rewatch value if you could somehow wipe our memories and go back to rewatching England versus Colombia in the in the world cup <laughs> yes um, and that champ like just getting it's like it's like a roller coaster, isn't it? If you could forget, like it's that it was that fear. It was it's that fear. If you could wipe our memories, if we could relive that moment again, that's what we need being kept in our homes, right? That's probably the last time we were all in isolation like this when the football was on in the World Cup when we all tucked in Speak one for room yourself. together. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, one one which uh, isn't a jive at Chelsea. One that I watched the highlights for the other day and intend to watch the full game. Um. I've, I've, I'd never heard about it before. Brazil against Italy in a exhibition match in '97 in Toulouse. It finishes three-three, but you've got all of kind of the previous generation's best players, the likes of Ronaldo. You've got uh, Del Piero, Vieri, all of that kind of bunch in Zaghi, and it's just a back and forth game there. So that's one to watch. You can get it on. Um, football ia if you google that site the only thing is they do try to get the commentary in the language of uh, like the winning team so there's a lot of games of foreign commentary but still a good one to watch oh, it's football I, IA. yeah football ia i'm not sure if it's dot com or dot net give that a watch i um i got one for you again um so you probably need to watch first the documentaries that have been released about it just to sort of it it's sort of one of those events which you rewatch with the added sinister co- context of what was going on in the background behind it but you what you need to do is you need to watch all of the Lance Armstrong documentaries and then you rewatch the Tour de France from that year and watch like all the various moments that were, were quite synonymous with the stuff that was going on in the background so like the moment where um, one of the one of I can't remember who it was now, but one of the cyclists who was basically called him out on a certain few things, and for no reason whatsoever, like he had no he had no business in staying like chasing after him or going anywhere near him because he was like comfortably sticking to a plan to run away with the yellow jersey, but he went after and proceeded to basically shadow like shadow this cyclist who was calling him out and just kept on talking to him all of the way through the stage, basically <laughs> selling him like, you know, like like the mafia, like threatening him all the way through. Like rewatch all of those stages and rewatch like so you actually understand what's going on at each point 
and you like it's probably an entire different watch and when he like runs away with it up the mountain and he's like looking like he's not even out of breath just like watching like realizing how badly obvious it all was back then uh, that would be quite an interesting way of watching it CK have you got any for, anything for us to close us out I didn't actually do my homework on this department so uh, <laughs> that's a song you will with that. that's a song then surely <laughs> <laughs> I'm not singing us out why right, well I'll, I'll I'll close us up there thanks again for listening to another edition of the spitballing pod I'm actually I think recording an episode every night this week so the feed will be nice and full up with all sorts I'm not sure how frequently I'll drop them but keep an eye on your podcast feeds and you'll have plenty more there but thanks again for listening we'll be back goodbye